Salutations, my fellow interdimensional friends. It's your time and space traveling trash sommelier, Wolf the Dog. And I'm live from, uh, uh, uh somewhere, some time, uh, but, but probably still from 694.2, maybe? Listen, I don't know where the fuck I am right now. It's somehow both dark and bright. And th there's everything and nothing all at once. There's also a possum wearing a cowboy hat. His name is Jeremy. Uh, uh anyway, this week's Howlin' with Wolf is from Newman's Necromorium Funeral Home. Who got Wolf here reading ad copy all because they tweeted about the show and tagged at Pretending Pod? A smart business decision in this cutthroat business of dead folk parlors. They write, Ever wondered what to do with your dead friends and family? Here at Newman's Necromorium Funeral Home, we take the wonder out of death. For an astronomical and non-negotiable price of our choosing, you won't have to worry about the finer details. Still not sure? Meet Stu. Stu says, The dead make great listeners. Except Lewis. That guy keeps screaming that he just wants to go home and there's been a terrible mistake. Classic Lewis. Now that you sold on the idea, let us handle you dead. We'll even wear gloves. Well damn, thanks Newman. I would advise you to not listen to the screams of classic Lewis. Every Lewis I've ever known has been a liar and a cheat. This one is probably no exception. And every Lewis is also a rat bastard. But especially a Lewis named Classic Lewis. Remember, if you want to write up something for your wolf to howl, tag at Pretending Pod on Twitter or Instagram, or write up a five-star review on the Apple Podcasts. Huge shout out to a concerned observer, Lobster Memories, and Huge Urn for writing reviews. It makes this interdimensional traveling little wolfie so gosh darn happy. And if you want to meet other listeners, aka super rad weirdos like yourself, check out the link to Discord and the subreddit in the show notes. Our community isn't big enough yet to be toxic, and it's a real good time to hang out. Honestly, I'm just there for the memes and pet pics. But there's a good amount of uh, roleplay chat as well? Or maybe you want to put together a one-shot with a group of other listeners. Bubblegum tree, my babies. The links, as always, are in the damn show notes. And not to be weird about it, but if you've listened to the entire first season of Pretending to be People, and you've been considering joining the Patreon, but you've never done it, uh, the, the, the link to the Patreon's in the show notes. It's worth it. And apologies to the PTBP crew for letting you in on this little secret, but you can actually sign up for like five bucks, then listen to all the bonus episodes in a matter of days, then delete your pledge. They can't stop you. Is it cooler to just let it ride and support the creative dreams of some small town weirdos that you really like to listen to? No, it's obviously cooler to rip these dumb idiots off. But you do whatever feels right. I heard they just finished up another arc of a 13-episode-long, mostly homebrew campaign. 
And the 26th episode is a session zero for the upcoming run of Control Copy, a Delta Green scenario by Dennis Detwiller, chosen by a poll over on patreon.com slash pretending pod. The link's in the show notes, as I have mentioned many times, but you can probably remember it. It's just patreon.com slash pretending pod. Sign up for the Circle of Knowledge shirt club before Halloween and you can receive an exclusive shirt a whole month sooner. And check out the YouTube channel. The composer, some freak named Justin, continues to slowly upload tracks from the show onto the Ultimate TTRPG playlist. Guess where that damn link is, you freaks? Also in the show notes... You can find a link to a music video for this hot new track. It's Kudzu with no backbone. The season is done. The season is over, and it's time to answer questions now about get the to season. Find out what happened. Yeah, in some ways, I I like to think that most of the questions, as far as what actually happened, have been answered. Although <laughs> I understand <laughs> that that's not the case, and that's okay, dude. Uh, today. A coworker of mine asked me for my phone number so that they could send me and you, a playlist. And what are the uh, seven, uh, not uh, ten numbers that you told no, me? No, okay. I won't be saying that. But, uh, he sent me this playlist. Oh, hell yes. And it had, um, what's the band that sings uh, Radioactive? Uh, oh, is that Imagine, Imagine Dragons? Dragons? Dude, yeah. Imagine Dragon D's nuts across your face. <laughs> oh, no. I kept wanting to tell it, but uh, I was like, wait until we're recording. (laughs) We've been hanging out for a while, and I'm not sure I've ever been more proud of you that you held on to that. I feel like I got hit by a train. (laughs) (laughs) I did get... uh, I got Joe with a. Uh, he got me before we started recording with such a genuine one. I was like, <laughs> it was really good, and I and I was like, oh, you should have saved it for the pod. Yeah. I didn't even see that. Coming. I had another one. I straight up don't. Up. I don't know if I was in here or if I wasn't listening. You were, you were not. But it was a uh, dude. Uh, I just like was like bo- both of us looking at our phones. I was like, dude, did you see that thing about the article about Cho Kin today? And I went, Cho Kin. <laughs> I went, oh yeah, choking on these nuts. <laughs> I was so genuinely. I have not heard about this. Please You're tell like, me. Who's choking? <laughs> My God. <laughs> anyway, that was good. Yeah, uh, good. proud of you. I think that's enough. We have enough questions for that to be uh, <laughs> our jumping-off point. So let's dive into these. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, a question here from me. 
I'm Zach, and I have a question. We asked for questions, comments, or compliments on Twitter and Reddit, and Zach felt he didn't get enough compliments, so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start this thing off by complimenting myself. Zach, I don't say this a lot, but uh, you actually finished a thing. Yay! Good that's, job, man. That's huge, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was genuine, and I didn't expect to uh, uh, negate my horrible self-talk <laughs> myself. Uh, but here we are, and so I, I do have a compliment right off the bat for the three of you, each of you. Joe, I'll start with you, as it's the- oh, literally individually do you also have one for the group i literally didn't plan this at all i am not looking at anything i didn't have these planned but i have a compliment for each of you joe having you as a player makes my job as a gm more fun dope dude legitimately watching your reactions to things that happen and how stoked you get and how into the story you are at all times makes me Oh, I, I was gonna say horny, but like it's I'm being genuine. No, you, like, you can say it. That's <laughs> so Zach nice too. It. At first, I thought it was just like a veiled jab at Luke and I. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it makes it more fun as a player at the table. Yeah, like too. Yeah, it totally does. Thanks. So, uh, moving on from the compliments, uh, we've. Got- <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> End of praise. <laughs> No, uh, moving on to Luke. Luke, you are, without a doubt, the most fun and spontaneous person I've ever, like, hung out with, even. Like, you are extremely enjoyable to be around due to your, like, ability to take any situation and find the levity in it. I appreciate that so much. And I, specifically within the realm of role-playing... Anytime that I feel you grab the reins out of my hands, <laughs> I'm nothing but overjoyed. Hell yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And back to the questions. Uh, I can't do the same joke again. And Tom. <laughs> you could. I thought I almost thought you were just going to go into the questions. Right I, was into like, I was fine with it. Uh, Thank you. Thomas, you make jokes that are literally standing on the precipice of like in and out of game in a way that in my opinion speaks to the soul of like how we role play your ability to constantly have one hand in hot water and one hand in cold water is like absolutely excellent. Also, I respect you and any opinion that you bring to the table, regardless of how opposite of what i've just said is basically you (laughs) (laughs) you are one of the only people whose opinion i trust (laughs) thank you Also, the earlier stuff about me being the voice of a role-playing generation, or whatever you said, yeah. Agreed. Legitimately, though, I have a hard time taking anyone else's opinion. I, I'm very controlling. I think we all know this. <laughs> and and I, I respect that a lot of you, and I, I think you're a great dude. Thanks, bro. Samsies. I love you guys so much, and you have changed my life for the better. Same. Back at you, man. 
I like you so much. <laughs> I like barely. No, re- I, yeah. I barely remember a time. I, I love so much about <laughs> you. Um, I like don't remember the time in my a time in my life like not playing this, even though it's only been. Yeah, I've like, blacked out all memories. Yeah. Of life. <laughs> no, it's been no, five like, years. I, I'm like, yeah, we've been doing it for like ten years. <laughs> No, we. I love you too. We love you too. Fuck all that. Shut up. All right, uh, we've got a question. Oh wait, from, no, no. You had. On, a, you said you had a question. We for have us. to jerk all. We have to jerk each other <laughs> off real quick <laughs> to finish. <laughs> uh, all right. So I. The question that I have is actually a question that I will ask at the top of the next episode, the next Q and A episode. I. I have a personal oh, question for you guys. Deep. So it's a teaser for it's a yeah. teaser. Next we we could uh, say we you can expect to hear Justin on that next episode. That's right, that's right. We've Justin some... will be here for uh, for next week's Q and A. Check back in at eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Justin's busy right now. All right, let's dive in here. We've got a question from. It was all. A snow globe. They say, I hope it's okay to ask a few. It is. Who uh, was classic the- reference to that one show. I was gonna say, <laughs> do you get do you do you millennials get that reference? Yeah, it's the uh it's the thing it's where the, yeah. Chris O'Dowd dropped the snow globe <laughs> exactly. in Travel Man. <laughs> okay. It's Saint something, right? Oh, okay. Saint Elmo. It's a, it's a spoiler fire. no matter what. One time so. a very drunk mom. Just be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah, just in case anybody's trying to watch Men that, in Black. That hospital show or whatever. Um, <laughs> they were in a marble and the oh, marble Saint, had fake snow Was it Saint Elsewhere? Saint yeah. Elsewhere, yeah. yeah. Okay, so real quick. One time a very drunk mom <laughs> in a bar in Colorado. <laughs> it could be so much quicker. <laughs> One time a very drunk mom... <laughs> In a bar in Colorado asked me how old I was and I was like 29 at the time and I said 29 and she goes so oh you're just like my son you're a millennium <laughs> you're a millennium <laughs> I am I'm a millennium that's really good yeah. okay that's perfect they ask it was all snow globe asks who was the person in the woods in episode six Charles Donovan okay I should have asked who you thought it was, but that would just belabor the whole part. <laughs> I would Moving say, on. Oh. Next question. <laughs> who is the ambiguously British man in the circle of white powder? I believe they are talking about the person that Lindsay's character talks to in the Contention Woods arc. That was uh, an agent of Pisces. Delta Green has a British what? wing of its existence and they are called Pisces and cool. I believe that man had a tattoo somewhere and I believe I did not look this up but I think that I made that tattoo a reference to the fact that he was in Pisces it might have even been a fish like it straight up might have been like a fish Christian tattoo fish. oh yeah. we so okay so if any of us had run into him we would have known right away so. <laughs> <laughs> yes uh next question mm, fish uh, pisces what so, was but that, oh, so, yes. so so that's deep lore for somebody who knew, knows delta green lore oh that's real deep lore that wasn't that wasn't for us no nope. <laughs> was that yeah speaking of like your own deep lore i totally thought you're like oh yeah that was pisces they're like they were competing against myriad you never really <laughs> ran into them but they were there the whole time you like, guys yeah. literally never ran into anyone from pisces yeah. my cool fishman brigade <laughs> the actual company behind uh was it bar corp bar corp yeah. owned by pisces uh no so next question what does joe smell like <laughs> 
what flavor vape do you have? Yeah, I got some strawberry milk tonight. Oh, that is an answer. All right. smells, That's pretty much what he smells like yeah. just in general. I've known him <laughs> since middle school. Uh, Joe, middle school, you've got the option. Chocolate, v- vanilla. Is it called vanilla milk? Regular. Vanilla <laughs> milk. Chocolate, milk, or uh, or strawberry? Strawberry. Oh, all right. And moving on, what was the asylum all about? <laughs> Specifically, the Satan plot line that apparently got dropped. Yeah, because I did mention uh, at one point that the Satan, you, somebody asked about it mid game. And I was like, yeah, I, like as an NPC, I think I said, you guys didn't look into that <laughs> yeah. very much, so we didn't worry about it. I thought that you guys were going to try to follow the agents, the dead president's cell, uh, Kennedy, McKinley, and Harrison back to wherever they came from, or at least try to like hitch more of a ride on what they had. But as we were role-playing, it just felt right to kind of leave you out in the cold. I could use that sentence for all yep. role play. <laughs> yeah, that's your go-to instinct as a GM. And I'm trying to get better at it. All right. And so <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, we're all growing. Uh, that's one thing it's that fun. I'm going to work. <laughs> it is, no, it's it's fun and it leads to, I don't know. But if we it, do want to not go 113 episodes again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we go to the mill. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, so what was the asylum all about? So basically, there is a woman there named, codenamed Satan, not actually birth name Satan. And she was in charge of running these different teams of essentially what Delta Green lore would call cowboys. So your A through Z cells. But I decided instead of the modern day using A through Z cells, they would have gotten rid of it by then and come up with some fun alternatives. So I thought Dead Presidents was a, a fun combo of things. So I went with that. But that is also where K cell was run out of because they originally started with the alphabet cells as cowboys, essentially uh, fighting against the unnatural threat to the world, not with government oversight. And so that is what the asylum is specifically all about. The woman who runs it, she's a black and white character. She's got a lot going on. She lives in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. She, the, the, everyone, Everyone's got like a middling agenda. Uh, in Delta Green, from what I can tell, there aren't a lot of like specifically good or specifically bad people. Like, some people get turned bad by circumstance, but... Everyone's kind of like trying to do their best in the with the hand they've been dealt. I don't know. So that's what that's what was happening at the asylum. If somebody else asks a question about it later, which I bet they do, uh, I might add to that. And that, that part of Delta Green it just really stresses me out when we're playing it because it's not like real life where you know right away like, oh, do they they believe in Jesus? They're good or bad? <laughs> yeah. like you can just know. Right. And all the uncertainty and like the grayness, it gives me a headache. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, like hey. <laughs> Why don't you just ask the NPCs if they are you a good person Jesus, or a bad man. person? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they finish it out. Uh, Snow Globe finishes it out by saying, "Thank you all for everything. This is by far my favorite podcast, which Thank is just you. a very nice Thanks. thing. Thanks, us too. It's a nice thing to say. It is ours as well. A non a no no no. Is that how you say a non a non a no no a non a no no no? Which is no wait, hang on." That's One easier. of our beautiful mods uh, over on the subreddit and the Discord. Uh, we've got a question. What's y'all's favorite karaoke jam? Soak Up the Sun by oh, Cheryl Crow. Oh, that's good. 
Soak of the Sun is real good. I just do Beatles songs because I know the words already. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what are Beatles songs? Uh, it's this band that I've been into lately. They're kind of coming up. All right. And Thomas, do you do karaoke? I actually never have. Really? Really? Damn. Wait, when we did karaoke at my house, did you not sing? Oh, I probably did, but like drunk <laughs> living room karaoke. I've never living in a room, bar full that was of living people, room like strangers, uh, oh, okay. selected a song and like sang that song. Yeah. Uh, Thomas, you were actually there though uh, for my birthday a couple years ago. You After the ball game. Yeah, you got me tickets to a, a Cardinals game for my birthday that was a surprise, which was fucking rad. We went and hung out and uh, watched a day game in St. Louis that I didn't know was happening. Yeah, I got you those tickets, not <laughs> your wife. And you know what? It actually partner. makes yeah. more sense that it was my wife who got me those tickets. Uh, and then after the ball game, we like there's a chance I totally pitched in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't I know, man. Who clue, knows? But I would bet. I was just willing to give you full credit here on the recording. Oh yeah, just like if either of the other people involved heard that, they would probably be like, "What? Oh, they're not listening. <laughs> they're not listening to this." That's fair. <laughs> and so uh, I sing my go-to karaoke jam which we have posted a, a video of me singing on Instagram and Twitter. You can find it there. And oh, that is baby, me singing. Baby. <laughs> how, how was, how was I, I supposed to know? To know. Yeah, uh, my go-to is Hit Me Baby One More Time by Britney Spears, specifically because it is just out of my range. <laughs> Zach, I was actually going through my Instagram like story archives the other day oh, and yeah. came across those videos. Hot. And do you remember the guy who sung After You? No. I was on a high. <laughs> <laughs> he was uh, very red and drunk. Oh, yeah. Classic. Like karaoke. It's the Cardinals uh, <laughs> well, that's, colors. That's the deal. <laughs> Looks like yellow yeah. teeth, red face. <laughs> Looked like most of the guys at a Cardinals game, a, like meaning like late 40s, Apollo. Man, they love the polo. They love the polos. He was it's not shit-faced, but passionate, and he was singing Closing Time. <laughs> oh, oh, at nice. like 3 p.m., I bet. Nice. <laughs> I love that song. Compliment from Ain't On A No No No. Nice cock, bro. Thank you. Thanks. Wouldn't you like to know? All right. And a question from Ain't On A No 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 No. I remember Zach delivering some well-deserved praise to Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, which shares some fun elements with season one of PTBP. What other foundational media or artists have influenced y'all in this season as handler and players? Anyone have a... Uh, an inspiration to you as a as a player, or just to give you a, like a headspace of of what this I just game do we're whatever was? I want. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the most truthful answer. Yeah, Wild West arc was all Deadwood in my brain. Yeah, Deadwood was what I would reference. Mine was in my Red brain. Dead Redemption. <laughs> in general, just all police media. That <laughs> we. Yeah, like that pop culture is inundated with. So just lots of cop stereotypes, and then. Um, the actual place we live for yeah, <laughs> yeah for definitely. sure the actual place we live and like going hiking or just visiting other small towns around and and getting a feel for what life is like in a smaller town i actually drove through mountain grove i mean literally just passed it you literally drove through it. i literally <laughs> drove, the one through. Who drove through mountain grove <laughs> i drove through. drove through the downtown just like mountain grove blues brothers style like that mall hung out for a little bit just drove around that's the uh city the small town that i stole the map from for contention 
Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. really? I stole the, the map for Mountain Grove, Missouri. For the, the map, the for layout detention. of the roads yep. and things. Yeah, yeah I did. I, I dated someone who grew up there and when I was like 19, and we drove out there a few times to hang out with her parents. And it was, uh, it's very small. <laughs> it's really small, you've yeah. You've been to contention then. Yeah, you've been to contention. All right. Uh, yeah, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency and like- Anything ever Delta Green or not Delta Green, but uh, yeah, like Lovecraft. <laughs> I've literally never like read oh, Lovecraft. <laughs> I've seen some movies. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> All right, man. I uh, I don't read, but read Dirk Gently, Solicit Detective Agency. I took a lot from that. Compliment. Thanks for making me laugh so hard. I cried a few times. Wow. I'm glad we did Boo-hoo. it to you because we did it to ourselves a lot. Oh, oh yeah. 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 We had we had more fun making it than you did listening to it. Oh, 100%. And I'm glad our podcast made you so hard you cried. <laughs> uh, el elephant. Elephant. El elephant. El elephant. El elephant. El elephant. El elephant. I think it's just elephant. El elephant. El elephant. Like their name is probably L. Congrats on finishing the first season. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. There have been a lot of little Easter eggs for people paying a lot of attention. There was, quote, no backbone being... Oh, by the way, we're, we're doing spoilers. Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> we might need dog to say that. <laughs> yeah. Who's well, dog? We'll have dog. We'll have, Joe's on a first uh, last name basis. A last name basis. We know each yeah. other pretty well. No, he's just a, he has to dog. call him Mr. Dog. Over the... Over the years, we've gotten to know each other pretty well. <laughs> I think I can call him dog. <laughs> uh, uh, no Backbone being a more relevant song than First Thought. Yes, uh, classic. Uh, the Wizard of Oz nod <laughs> with what everyone lost slash was searching for in the raid on Marvin Glass's compound. I think at one point you named some corpses after the last podcast on the left crew. Actually, uh, those were the costumes that... Billy Harrison was tied up in the back of Charles Donovan's trunk, and also in Charles Donovan's trunk was Charles Donovan's extra disguises in which he used the last podcast on the left crew uh, as uh, covers. Uh, What are some of your favorite Easter eggs no one has mentioned yet? What's an anagram? Do you... Am I thinking of the whether right it's thing? all mixed up? Where oh. it's all mixed up. Yes. Okay. So Tilde B Mitchell is uh, <laughs> an anagram. Oh fuck! What's it for? I though? refuse to look for anagrams in every name you give us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking uh, up anagram solver. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not going to give it to you because it's like half baked. It's uh, it's like lit B. It's how do you lich? spell Tilde? Oh, T I L D E. B as B and then Mitchell M I T C H E L L. But Lich is part of it. That's Lich fucking good, dude. Meet Bill Ted. <laughs> Wait, good are you anagram, real? bro? What <laughs> Bill Ted? Yeah, like Bill and Ted because they. So you the had time the, you had the time yeah, travel and the all... fact that she was mm-hmm. zombie-ish yep. or undeadish from that early on. Yeah, that you just named her. Holy fuck. That's cool. I thought that came later. I thought those re- revelations came later. That is what Keith might name his meat monster. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Lich meat built Ted. Nice. nice. Good one. But that was her name. Tilde 
B. Mitchell. <laughs> Tildy B. Mitchell. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, from birth, right? Yeah. I guess that... She was destined. That was just fun for Zach. Th- this That's is... just a fun detail outside of the canon. Yeah, right. okay, that doesn't gotcha. mean anything. It's an, e- it's an Easter egg. That's just a Zach fun time. What's another Easter egg? There's one that uh, uh, a fan found that I you you definitely put in. None of us caught was the Mary Coles Institute or whatever it was. It, oh, it was right. an acronym, yeah. for consume was it? Consume, oh, yeah. yeah. The Coles Orphanage colon New School Under Modern Etiquette. Somebody pointed that out on Twitter, and it blew my mind. I thought <laughs> that I made it. So stilted that you guys would be like, why is it you, that? Every time you do that, I'm just like, I'm not going to make Zach feel bad about <laughs> his English. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I, you know to make fun of me and reveal my hidden secrets, <laughs> but also it might hurt my feelings. So, <laughs> you know, tread, yeah, it's a time, it's a time when we're like, that must be one of your weird uh-huh. things, right? And you're just like, no, 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 <laughs> no Thomas. <laughs> anyway, so that that's one. Uh, consume is definitely one that I really liked. Um, oh, this one's dumb. This one's so dumb. But Oz Mayhem Wolf, his brother was LB, E-L-B-Y, which is not a name. But like pounds? or yeah. LB and, and ounces. ounces. Uh, that's good. Oh that's a good one. LB. Yeah, that I like was that. Real that's stupid. Uh, <laughs> that's real good. <laughs> Did we ever meet LB? No, he just talked about him. He mentioned him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. He's, he he mentioned him once. Keith Vigna. Vigna is a type of bean. Or yeah. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vigna is a genus, I think. Yeah. Of bean. So it's a science version of a bean. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sciencey bean. It's a science bean. John Lee Pettymore is named from uh, oh, for yeah. the song uh, Copperhead Road, Copperhead Road by Steve Earle. We kind of made his dad something else, but I guess Kevin is literally the character in Copperhead Road. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clark was born with a tail. Just a little Easter egg for you. <laughs> <laughs> and he and never got it removed. He had it the whole campaign. The whole time. You could have seen whole it. Time. If you if just any, if you just if looked any, at his yeah. back, you would have seen it wagging every now and then. If you'd done yeah. an alertness check, yep. he you actually had like detailed emotional responses for the tail. <laughs> and I had, I had roles I could have made. For those of you who are gonna go back and listen through the campaign, uh you'll find a slight whooshing sound. <laughs> 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 I do remember one last Easter egg. Like yeah, yeah. right before we started this whole thing, Zach was like, "Okay, your character is God. This is all a dream that he's created for the other characters. So just remember that at the end." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, yeah, for sure." I wrote it down. The only thing in my notes. <laughs> You're God. What are you looking at? I'm trying to find my cheat sheet. Just show you guys my my cheat sheet where I had listed like yeah there was uh, I was frantically reading as fast as I could and, and same was uh, trying to consume all the yeah. little nuggets as it went by. <laughs> there was a bunch of stuff in there, man. <laughs> I was on top of a lot of stuff that was happening on certain time restraints for a while. Yeah, that was a, a weird a weird time when you guys were like at the end of your time in contention when all the moving parts were happening. And I was trying to keep track of it. All right, let's move on. Ha- hope it's okay to do two questions. It is. We'll keep going. Uh, a little while ago, I had an idea about a connection to Martin Cupertino being an influential person wanting to create Cube during the Calm Comfy Campground arc and the Contention Boys chasing down the origins of what they called Ball. 
I get that Martin was a Steve Jobs stand-in, but was the cube versus ball connection intentional, or am I grasping at straws? I'm going to turn this one over to Thomas for the answer. Oh, uh, unfortunately, grasping at straws. Cube was just um, a parody of the original iMac, and then like the crazy promises about Cube were just like Zombocom style like nonsense and and over promising like tech world like this will solve every problem anybody's ever had just the normal stuff it's a very 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 simple broad uh parody of steve jobs (laughs) 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 we got to think about our pace yeah we need to pick up the pace i think we have 50 total in three yeah Yeah, we're on page one of nine the reason it was called (laughs) we are 30 minutes in the reason it was called cube is because the imac is like a cube shape kind of nice soren ash asks oh yeah you guys keep uh, going i'm gonna go pee oh i didn't know you're peeing right now i'm gonna go pee this isn't one we can answer (laughs) we we could try i'll read it and we'll try okay okay so the things i've racked up over time how did marvin get removed from the myriad hive mind that's a question i've had myself yeah Um. so (laughs) here's here's my best guess marvin he just didn't want to be in it anymore. That was my exactly my what I was gonna say. He just wanted it more, like yeah. kind of the but he like he wanted out, and he right. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast or if it was after a session one time. But I wondered if he was some he he was some link in an evolution between Tildy and what we know as Myriad. Whether he was in the middle or he was an evolved beyond Myriad. I think he was just like a funny guy. <laughs> He's just a yeah. wild and crazy dude. Next question. Yeah, were, were Marvin's sons his biological sons? Yes. Was the Glass Syndicate just a puppet for some greater organization? Yes. Next yeah, question. Yes and yes. Uh, what was Stan Manstein's <laughs> agenda, and by extension, that of the city asylum? Uh, Zach never knew. He didn't actually have. Uh, he and s- yes, he did. He did just keep oh, forgetting he, her name. He wanted. Uh, they were name. actually the city asylum was trying to research the brown note. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we've covered the first few. Yeah, okay, we cool. got it all, Zach, cool. pretty thoroughly. Uh, do you guys have any questions? Should I add in anything? I was wondering, how did you, Marvin get removed from Myriad Hivemind? <laughs> how did Marvin smart, remove smart himself? Smart question, Joe. Yeah, yeah good, good question. Okay, so Marvin was like the fallen angel, essentially, of these these creatures. And that's all I ever really thought about it. I like it, though. That's also cool. That would also be a great campaign, a mini yes. campaign. Yeah, like, it really. I, I honestly had a certain thought as we were recording from 100 on. I was like, I could do at least three or four more know, spinoffs. Like, we could do this <laughs> theoretically forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ Ministries could have easily had its own one shot, uh, which I was planning for a while and then abandoned at a certain point. Well, that was Fergie's thing, right? Yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Fergie's whole With crime all those little kids that lens, were all yeah. like androids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we could play android orphans. <laughs> yeah. Like that would be, that would be very fun. So uh, that, that's all I really ever had for, for Marvin. Uh, were his sons biological? No, they were not. What was their were deal? Were they created? They were no, like- he, he was, he was dealing in, in trafficking. And so he oh. took oh. two of the strongest ones from the den of sin and made them his sons. Gotcha. Nice. So they know they're not his sons. They have been. They had been like brainwashed to basically just like the Glass family was their family. They were Glass boys like through and through. But one of them had their mind melted before the season started, and the other one 
got sent to the uh, the dark place. Uh, so they were uh, not uh, role played through very thoroughly just because of their their circumstances. Uh, another question here, uh, Biological Sons. Was the Glass Syndicate just a puppet for some greater organization? The Glass Syndicate was not a puppet. The Glass Syndicate was held strong by Marvin Glass, who definitely held his own against Myriad. That's interesting. So that's we disagree on that. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. fair. What was your guys' answer? We yes. said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and who is the hand? We said we, yes. Next question. Yes. Okay, <laughs> next question. Uh, what was Ma- Man Stan Steen's agenda and by extension that of the city asylum? Okay, so these are two very different questions, specifically because the city asylum was holding Stan Manstein as a prisoner at the time. He was let out only to go to his daughter's funeral as a courtesy, and he used that time to get the fuck out of existence, which was his goal due to his ability to see (laughs) he was living the same kind of life where you guys were, where his idea of the world kept changing. Every single time something unnatural happened, I changed the town of contention slightly. And the main clue of that change was the name of your fourth police officer in contention and small other changes happened, but the only one that we really stumbled across in game was Randy Angst. Yep. Those were like set about as little things that could pop up if the right questions were asked, uh, which I should have, again, just learning how to be a better GM, push that theme forward. But Stan was always aware of these changes like we were. He very much was. Thought, thought they felt weird. Yep, and so he fucked off, and when he fucked off, uh, he landed himself in a heap of trouble, and then eventually uh, got a hold of a phone and needed some help from the future pulp hero overseer, <laughs> right? Dope. Yeah, at the end there, so that would be a fun thing to to, to look into. I would love that story. Uh, okay, so yeah, he only showed up twice, uh, but I, I thought of him as... as just another person who is dealing with the same thing where he saw what was happening in the world. There were some other people like that as well. Uh, Mildred Mitchell being one of them. If you guys had talked about your fourth officer around her, she would have gotten the wrong the name wrong like you guys had. Were Kcell and the FBI agents working for the same group? Yes, but in different time periods. Given that in the ending, the FBI agents were answering to the lady that got dubbed Satan, it seems as though there were there was another pernicious element at play and that Kcell was likely opposed to them. To clarify, my working theory is that the FBI agents working for Satan are an M-A-R-Y-esque threat with some evil agenda in mind. Yes, I mean, they are as much a threat as the group of cowboys are a threat in traditional Delta Green lore, which, you know, Delta Green agents are a threat, man. That's just uh, kind of how it happens. Their goal is to... to p- Mr. Steal Your Girl. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so... <laughs> That is the reason why uh, why the father of Maggie Cook, I almost said Tim Cook, uh, what was it? <laughs> Jim Cook, which is why I called him that, uh, <laughs> is <laughs> Jim Cook, he worked for Satan, and that's why he had a reference to Satan in his house. But by the end of his time, he was working against her machinations. Uh, so, moving on. Uh, what was up with all the numbers plague deal? 
What was up with the numbers plague deal? What was the overseer's original motivation for setting it off? Also, it seemed like the overseer considered that run a, quote, success despite everyone dying on that go round. Why? Did we know that Joe set that off, Luke? Why'd I you, have. Why'd I you do don't that, think Joe? so. Uh, it seemed like it'd be fun. You, uh, those numbers. Get the uh, fuck out of our house. You, uh, they got into you. That was cool. <laughs> answer the question, Joe. I don't have an answer. You you set off that. You you were the overseer at that point. I had not become the overseer yet. So basically, the overseer got a hold of someone with good intentions from the other side. I had it so that the overseer would make lots of mistakes throughout his time because... In Delta Green, the characters traditionally, you know, 60% of the time succeed on stuff. And so I kept that in mind as I worked through the Overseer's plan. And his plan for CSU and for Bar Corp was a, he did not plan for CSU to become uh, like a crazy suicide haven. I, that was That was not his plan at all. His plan was to give this woman... Uh, uh, this activist at, on CSU's campus, the ability to change the mind of Bruce Robin, the leader of Bar Corp, and make him a better leader for uh, as the head of the 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 biggest corporation in the city. And so he, he failed in that <laughs> and oh. accidentally set off a, a a whole thing where basically the spell went cattywampus and the cleanup needed to happen. It was almost working, though, because didn't we run into people saying that he, he's had a change of heart and has been doing things better lately? Exactly. Cool. It was so yeah. close to yeah. working, but it was something was off, which is just kind of a, uh, a, a constant in Delta Green is that, yeah, you can use the unnatural and sometimes the unnatural can do good things. But overwhelmingly, if you try to use the unnatural for good, it's not going to work out. And so that was my thought for that whole arc. So uh, I can tell you why the overseer considered it a success. That Jayan Diabricus is for sure the thing that he was on his mind the whole time. That that Defeating that was his most solid of a goal, at least when I got a hold of him. <laughs> so anything that doesn't hurt that effort is a success. Yeah. Exactly. A wild gazebo asks, I think that this, uh, that story arc, oh, they were adding on to uh, what was said by Soren Ash. Uh, they said, I think that story arc needs the most explaining. I love how just wild everything got, uh, but they didn't really investigate and find out any of the plot points there. Yeah, they were a little preoccupied with all the shit that I was throwing at them constantly. Uh, wouldn't change that because it's uh, great in a way to see it all go missed. I just want to know what any of that is about and exactly how high did that girl end up going and Shamwow Chameleon I can tell you got real real high <laughs> did she grab a passing helicopter yeah, she some did point? she got a hold of a passing <laughs> helicopter got even higher and then Tried in my mind into the rotors. I think she probably <laughs> just convinced the helicopter pilot to keep, to going. keep going up <laughs> and up and up. <laughs> That's what I like to think. Uh, got a thing from Jake Medrano. 911 says, always love your stuff. Hey. That's a that's a Thanks. big always. Thanks. <laughs> what about this? <laughs> you love that. 
testing your boundaries. You did say always, and boy, we're still living in it. <laughs> My God. Anyway. Yeah, they say Sean McCoy, uh, who is the creator of Mothership, which is a RPG game, uh, recently did an AMA where he mentioned he loved your podcast and hope you eventually did a adventure campaign of Mothership. I've been looking for a good actual play and would love to see you guys cover that. Hope this finds you well. I'm found well. I'm found well. Same. Yeah. Thomas, you found well? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is the question that Thomas was going to lead us through the answer of because uh, it is asking about Mothership and Sean McCoy. And we are... Uh, I don't know fucking shit about it. You just asked me to look him up and see if it was problematic. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I can tell, no. All right. And as far as you can tell, no. And uh, that is a good thing. So we are, uh, with, with that being said... <laughs> We are super we, interested. We would love to play Mothership. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's, as far as I understand, a space RPG, which we've all been talking about wanting oh, to play yeah. a space thing sometime. Uh, yeah, we would love to play it. Yeah, hey, Sean. Take us to your GM. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Sean, hit us up. That was a robot, but it was an alien. <laughs> Uh, Banstu says for Thomas, Luke, Joe, and Justin. Uh oh, I will uh, shut up, Zach. Let us read it. <laughs> for Thomas, Luke, Joe, and Justin, can you tell us what happened in season one? Zach, how would you describe it? Oh, this is a all <laughs> right. So, so we're gonna cut to <laughs> an hour each of recaps from all of us. I think it would take even longer. We're gonna skip this one. <laughs> My dude, it would not take me longer than an hour to describe what happened. <laughs> In the season of this podcast. I think as far as Keith goes, what you saw was what was going on. Wow. Great answer from Luke. What you heard is what you got. Keith, he didn't like his brother, you know, and then fast forward. Keith tension. Justin doesn't need to be here. That answer applies to all of us but Joe. Uh, I mean, did you guys expect uh, the goo to when it grabs you and slams you? I didn't in the expect anything ever. Or did you? <laughs> <laughs> did what? Did you think that it, it killed you? Yes. Uh, I had a hunch that it was doing something because we kept getting pictures from a place that had. Yeah, no, it goo. seemed like there was another goo place. Yeah, yeah, but cool. but not at but all. Not form, like, formed right. like it was. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seemed way cooler, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's how it works. Should have killed you before we got there. Uh, they, Bansu also says, can you go into a little bit of the goals of each faction at the start of season one and how those changed as things evolved? Uh, one of the big changes that I decided to make happen each time something unnatural occurred in the world was that I would make Maggie Cook more aggressive, angrier at her father, and more dedicated to taking over the world every single time something fucked up happened. And so the Maggie Cook that you guys knew would be different than the Maggie Cook that you talked to anytime you ran into her for the rest of the time. And that was attempted to be shown through her setting up her own fake 
death <laughs> uh, where someone said like, oh, she didn't stand up. She didn't like hold herself the way that Maggie Cook would. Like someone else was trying to, Gary Daly was trying to throw like a slight hint there, which you guys picked up on. And we're like, okay, so it might not have been her. If you guys had actually run dental through Randy Angst with her teeth files on file, you would have found out that the corpse was not the same did not have the same dental records as Chief Maggie Cook. Gotcha. And then when you ran into her after your time at the city mausoleum, you all kind of talked about how aggressive she was and how angry she was, which is different than we had talked about her as a character being previous. Right, which I was like, yeah, the real Maggie Cook died and this is a fake Maggie Cook. Exactly, but essentially it was just that each time something wild happened in this world, you guys were the ones who were kind of split off along with Stan Manstein, Mildred Mitchell, certain people who continued on this specific timeline trajectory of contention as other people continued on the same path of contention that they were on. I forgot we were microdosing a lot when... Uh, Zach, were the time loops always planned? No. Uh, Did that come about due to the condition the characters were in by that point? Yes. (laughs) And the microdosing. And the microdosing. Also, Zach, I know you mentioned the possibility if there was enough interest of writing up a setting guide. So I want to say I'd be interested in that. And TD underscore Woogie says seconded. Hey, guys. Uh, that, that is a goal that we are considering putting up on the Patreon. If, uh, we're going to put up a poll soon for patrons to kind of let us know what they're wanting from pretending to be people moving forward. And that will certainly be one of the options of things that we should focus on is writing up a campaign setting for contention, which I think would be really fun and also would take an astronomical amount of my time. And uh, I w- would love to do that if the, if enough people were interested. Edgeworth08 says, how different was episode 100 on from what you initially thought the ending would come to how off the rails did it get right on course yeah that's uh exactly what i planned no uh we kind of talked uh, a little bit we could talk about it with justin when he's on next episode uh, about how I, I told you guys like I was trying to kill Don D. Petty more <laughs> uh, and it just didn't happen yeah when you guys were fighting against that uh rabid ball I really uh, wanted to kill Don. <laughs> oh, yeah. On the catwalks. Yeah, that was the one role I ever lied about, oh. and I feel pretty shitty about it, but I don't actually because it got us Justin through to the end. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I fudged an unnatural success because I didn't want to lose. I don't know why. Even. <laughs> I'm a weak man. <laughs> Oh, I wish that could have been the end of the episode, but we have <laughs> we have to get through more. Okay, um, well, <laughs> oh, so the answer is that it was very different than I expected. I wrote what was going to happen in the next like session after we played the previous session. I had literally nothing planned, and I planned as we played through the end of the entire campaign. Nice. Yeah, that's honestly, I, if you want to know how I plan the entire fucking thing and always have I plan it based on what happened the last session every time because you can't just like prep a bunch of stuff and expect it to work (laughs) Uh, because it never does
What was the biggest takeaway you got from making this podcast? And what did you learn to prepare for season two? Shit's easy. Make it up as you go. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So more of that. That Yeah. The the answer he just said from the the previous question. Yeah. But also uh, for sure on season two, going to take your guys' advice. I really like the idea of Thomas mentioned recapping what you learn from an NPC after your interactions with them. We love Uh, recaps around here. I do that. (laughs) I do that with combat, I realized, where I kind of recap each round what happened in combat. And then, thankfully, later we had characters do it in game. Uh, But yeah, I really like the idea of of recapping uh, what you guys get from NPCs. Characters who would have never been there if I hadn't heroically lied (laughs) while Zach tried to murder us on those catwalks. Murder Justin on those catwalks. Right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Biggest takeaway from making the podcast? Shit's easy. Shit's easy. Just make it up as you <laughs> make go. Make it up as you go. Uh, it was fun for me. <laughs> editing is really hard and takes a long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh is is really important. Finally, I just wanted to say that when I finally saw your faces, I had a completely different image from what you sounded like. Except for Luke, I thought, quote. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> it's yeah, it's true. I mean, yep. we we sound like normal people, but <laughs> we're all devastatingly attractive, except for Luke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they just could tell from my voice. They're like, the, yeah, mm, that guy. They say great stuff, what, guys. What confidence! And that I look man forward has. <laughs> to more content. Uh, tall idiot Milky Way at Shadow World Vivo. Oh, we're on Twitter. Uh, it must have hashtag PTBPQ. Love the podcast. I've listened through all of it twice. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, that's, that's hundreds of hours. Double hundreds. Double, double. What did the myriads mean at the end when they were saying, quote, for your own safety, please remain here? Did they think shutting down Overseer and Ball was a safe choice? I was curious about this one, too, because on the re-listen, you really hit home with that a bunch of times. I Is, did. Was there a hint there that we didn't pick up on? You no, know, it was simply the thing that I kept hammering home is that it's really fucking dangerous for you guys to try to go back into the world that Myriad was about to shut down was kind of the vibe that I was trying to give you. Basically, find another option, which you did in the weirdest (laughs) way that I was not expecting. But yeah, I was saying like, if you go back to contention, I am going to make you blip out of existence because Myriad will erase your entire plane, (laughs) which includes all iterations of contention. Sure. I guess I assumed at the time that also meant the place we were in right now. Oh, same. Okay. Yeah. I, think okay. I did too. Did. And I thought for your own safety, please remain here. We'll, I was we'll like, wipe you all out. I was like, yeah. we're, you're I thought, lying. They were, I thought it was a threat. Like, nope, right. they were definitely going to just leave to, you there. Okay. In my head. That, that's what I yeah. had planned. The, gotcha. That we could have lived in existence yep. there. Gotcha. You definitely could have lived in existence there. A, fu- a great, fun one. So yeah, they were basically just saying for your own safety because jumping to a new plane is really hard and we kind of talked about that after we recorded a couple times where it was like what would have happened if you guys would have tried to jump planes and I had a table that you would have rolled on and the options were uh, mostly bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite that I was really pulling for was going to be a, uh, a very luscious, verdant 
green jungle uh that then you all would have slowly died of radiation poisoning and maybe at the jaws of dinosaurs so uh yeah there were different places well that's not my favorite (laughs) (laughs) that you could have ended up uh if you had tried to leave gazebo at a wild gazebo says i for one look forward to our new lives under keith's rule i'm sure he'll be a kind and wholly empathetic leader all hail keith's hallowed be thy name Hello Looks be like name. the Keiths myriad have uh, taken over some Twitter accounts and are, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, spreading some disinfo. Bless you, my son. <laughs> Lynn is spooky at Jet Set at says shout out to the handsome boy Luke. Hashtag HZKMP. Hashtag PTBPQ. Smiley face. Keep it up. Another Keith on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that really, Keith? I don't know who that is. Sasha Snow, one of our fantastic mods uh, at Marie X Lupin, says, So when y'all releasing the hot dog cut of No Backbone? <laughs> Amazing job on season one. I can't wait for the next season to kick off. Uh, we can't either. Yeah. We're excited for everything that's coming down the pipeline. Super stoked. Super stoked. Uh, I'll release the hot dog cut in no backbone with the permission of kudzu on Patreon. I'll, uh, I'll actually, that's a great question. I'll hit up Seth. Yeah. Who's the lead singer of kudzu and see if he's cool with me, uh, releasing the hot dog cut, which he will <laughs> not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'll send it to him and then we'll, uh, thankfully the season's over so he can't pull out. <laughs> Kyanite fuck cars. Uh, at 1312 Kai and I asked, do y'all have a secret to not getting burnt out on the same story, adventure, system, etc., other than reasonable and restful breaks? Those are for babies, and I am no baby. Uh, I am a baby. I took a break. <laughs> we took big breaks. We took yeah. a big yeah. break, yeah. Uh, we took a couple of big breaks. We started recording this season in contention a full year before we uh, started releasing. Yeah. We've said a few times, so... I mean, there were many breaks in there, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm curious. Did you guys ever feel burnt out on the story? No, because no. it just changed. No. So, like, it was a consistent thread, but so many other things where it's like we had the luxury of those mini arcs well, also to yeah. break it all up. Actually, yeah. By the time we got to the numbers and everything, without a lot of even hints about what was actually going on. Um, yeah, that that arc was that I. I mean, like about that in really the world cryptic. in general. Though I don't know if you guys had more than I did at that point with your characters. But, I d- uh, didn't know anything. Joe was definitely think. learning that he was the overseer during yeah. that arc, and so that was a very Joe-centric. There was also a moment where the entire story could have changed because oh, Leon, yes, Leon wanted to take me elsewhere, and I had some kind of role that I succeeded and or failed on. He yeah. said, you know what? Let's, let's not do that yet, and let's do the city campus first. Uh-huh. If I had gone to the other place, he want, I guess we're in spoiler territory. He, yeah. wanted, he wanted to take me straight to Calm Comfy Campground yeah, and, and meet up with meet Maggie. Meet up with Maggie, who was waiting for you on the shore with a uh with a heavy metal box uh that would have um summoned the gigant umbrapithecus into the world of contention and her plan was alongside the overseer you was to hold the world hostage and literally take control of a one world government You guys could have had a very different overseer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously, I love the story that we crafted, but that's way better. (laughs) (laughs) So, secret to not getting burnt out, I guess, is just to keep the story fresh and moving uh, in different directions constantly. (laughs) That makes me remember that also, even after the fact... 
when I came back from one of the loops, I was trying to convince them to go to come camp. Come yes, to camp you ground. were. We had another and chance I was to have also done that. <laughs> planning on that happening. Yeah, yeah uh, for a while. Uh, Spine bazingling <laughs> at Putnam Puppeteer says it seemed that there was an uneasy truce between the circle of knowledge, cock, myriad, and the majority of factions in the series, with the possible exception of the Glass Syndicate. Was this unity an Allied Powers-esque counter to M-A-R-Y's agenda? No. M-A-R-Y was the Allies and everybody else was the Axis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like to think that Myriad in the Circle of Knowledge, Bar Corp, they, they were all kind of working together. You had an NPC kind of say that one time. That yeah. They're all, they're all moving in different ways toward the same goal. Yeah, yeah. and love was talking to you guys about that outside of Beans Pond. And that is true. Uh, M-A-R-Y was not a part of that agenda. Everyone was pretty confused about the balls and how they work. And no one had a grasp on it was my thought process. So there are a couple other balls that are out there in this world that Where were, are never, they? were never found. And I never wrote anything for them because I didn't make it up right now. Didn't think I needed to. They're out there, baby. Yeah, they're fucking out there, though. <laughs> if you do the math, uh, there were a certain amount of successes. KSL knocked out a certain number of them. John was one of them. And uh, yeah, the math doesn't quite add up. There's one or two, I think, that are that are left out. Nice. And so they're still doing this. Take stuff. some time to feel your spine right now. <laughs> Also, keep in mind, if you're stoned and you're listening to this and it's late at night and it's dark and you're in your house by yourself, don't look out the window because there's someone looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> and your, your ball. <laughs> That's right, Derek. There's someone looking yeah. at you through the window. Also, Tyler, shut your door right now and lock it. <laughs> Uh, Xylopia or, uh, well, no, it's gotta be that, right? Xylopia, maybe. Oh yeah, probably. Xylopia. Uh, question. What can you tell us about season two? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, but we are Who talking the fuck about it. I'll told tell you, you that. about season two. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know about that? How do you know about season two? That wasn't two? supposed to leave this room. Codename season two. I think two. it's worth saying that you've done a lot of work on it already. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's worth saying that I remembered a couple months ago contention in the main story and everything, like with, with the NPCs that would be moving parts, were all written out well before we started recording. And I was like, oh, shit. I got to get on this. Uh, so I've, I've, I've had the idea rumbling around in my head for season two since I would say when we were recording episode 12. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, and I've kind of fine tuned it. Uh, Taylor has worked as my story supervisor to basically me talking out loud and her being like, that doesn't make sense. Let's fix that. And so, nice. yeah, I'm really, really fucking excited nice. about it. So what that's were you what we watching you. a lot of at that oh, point in time? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> what was I watching? Gilligan's Dude, Island. Fucking one show you were so into. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. The magic thing. Oh, who? Yeah. Mr. Strange. Oh, wait, what was it? Jonathan Norrell. Jo Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's yeah. I, I think it's really fun. There's a Faye, and I'm not really uh, super into like Faye lore, 
but I really like that story. I and and the acting is is really solid in it. Yeah, definitely. Dirk Gently had a lot to do with season one. Uh, John dies at the end had a lot to do with season one. A lot of stuff. I anytime I'm watching media or listening to media, I'm stealing. Uh, question: Would you guys ever consider playing a season of Scum and Villainy or some other spacey flavor of tabletop role? See Mothership. Game? Yeah, see colon Mothership. Yeah, for uh, sure. I've heard Scum and Villainy is dope. Is Scum and Villainy the uh, Star Wars one specifically? Yeah, I think it is. Like not name brand, but it oh, is okay. essentially. Do you want to role play Star Wars? This is. Sure. A way to do it. Cool. At least one of those. And, and I would call, you know what I would call it the whole time we were playing it? What? Come and villainy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Zach. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, compliment. This is one of my favorite podcasts. PTBP is my only Patreon subscription woo, 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 at the moment. Woo, 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 hey. Woo. Thank you. We encourage you to divest as much of your wealth <laughs> as you can from other sources Take uh, that and chopper. invest it all in PTVP. <laughs> it's going up and up and up and up, baby. Diamond hands on PTVP. Yep. <laughs> That's right. Behold. <laughs> it only goes up. Uh, 1KL... Oh, no. 1KL... Island. No. Island. 1K Island. Oh, uh, one th- a thousand island stair. thousand island That's stair. That's it. Yep. Uh, one K Allen. That's Stare a come town joke. Says, "What was Maggie Cook's agenda? What was the schism in the circle of knowledge really all about? Uh, her relationship with her father depreciated in value every single time something unnatural happened, and that is what led her to come up with the idea to dethrone him." And take over the circle of knowledge. So there were unnatural things happening before we blipped into existence as characters. That is correct. Because we found a bunch of notes about that schism that uh, happening correct. previous to us. Yes. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Modern Cannabis asks, what was the deal with Joe's parents? Why did they get the book? What was the deal with their hinting him about letters slash Wheel of Fortune? I may just have spaced something. Uh, what happened the day Joe was in the library? I don't know what the deal with Clark's parents is, but what's the deal with Joe? Per- like Joe's parents? <laughs> it's a whole ass episode. Yeah, it, we we would need some time. <laughs> You'll have to ask why they why they got the book or answer why they got the book. I can tell you what I think of as the day in the library was uh, Clark Old, uh, the overseer. Uh, protecting young Clark and knowing that that was a timeline that needed to continue. And that's why he chained the, the doors closed and created a, uh, a distraction, a diversion to get <laughs> <laughs> the myriad away from those doors. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that was so cool. <laughs> I just threw the vape back to Luke and mid answer, Joe just like snagged it out of the air one handed and then handed it to Luke and continued answering until we couldn't hold it in anymore. <laughs> oh, that was good. Because it was like, <laughs> really good answer, though. And uh, the deal with Joe's parents is just simply uh, they had the book. Don't fucking worry about it. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm MacGuffin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My own thoughts on the way that his story, that Clark and the Overseer storyline ended, is that he was gonna he'd go back and and put the pieces in place that then set them in motion to end up where they ended up. Uh, yeah. So the book had to end up with Joe's parents. Is that for a him TV trope with Clark's parents? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yes, you're a hundred percent right about the day that Clark was in the library as a child. That is exactly what the Overseer was there to do. But the Overseer was always being chased by Myriad. Right. So uh, let me hit the ATM. (laughs) A great username. (laughs) Uh, It says, well done, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. It's been a fun ride. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. My question is, (laughs) if any meaning, did the actual vocal portion of the spells throughout the show have? Like, uh, were they a specific language? Did they mean something aside from the spell? And the answer is slightly. Uh, Yeah, I I used uh, Google Translate to take words that I thought were meaningful to the spell. And then I... Google translated them into fucking Swedish and then Arabic and then French and then Spanish and then Indonesian and then Dutch. And just like somewhere along the line pulled out a syllable or two that I liked and then did it with the next word that also worked toward that spell. So if it was like time backwards, then I would do it with those two words and then put those uh, combination of syllables together. And that's how I came up with the spell. Yeah. So that's uh, how we used hypergeometry in season one. And I've been working on my uh, magic engine for season two. Nice. And um, I'm pretty stoked about it. So, And uh, I did the same with to do Hakanu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bacon Monkey says, listener from Thailand here. Thank you. Whoa. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, and I love season one. And congratulations on finishing it on such a high note. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My question is a bit more pertaining to the behind the scenes stuff, but I wanted to know how you guys approach the various topics or directions that the characters will go through. I know a lot of the twists were surprises, and I was wondering if you guys had to talk beforehand regarding what topics to avoid, or if certain subjects were too sensitive for some people, or if a player didn't like a certain direction that the handler took their character down because it seemed like everyone took all the surprises in stride and strove to continue the story with them and that really stood out to me excuse my shitty english which your english was great your english was phenomenal uh uh, alk underscore the underscore mist also added your english is fine thanks for popping in there to reassure this uh thanks poster yeah for sure so let's let's hit some of these uh points in here we do talk about some stuff before like do we want to like we we discuss some content beforehand not necessarily like surprises that are going to happen to the characters that keeps that from us but like we have pretty like serious and thoughtful discussions about what we do and don't want on the show yeah we definitely have one-on-ones with zach too that are like hey here's what i'm thinking exactly and he'll do that like i want to kind of do this with your character maybe or whatever are you cool with that which even pre-recording i specifically remember one day at work i was i texted all three of you when i was working the shitty job and I took my lunch break so seriously. And I would, I was at the time, I was just spending my lunch. 
lunch breaks reading every post on the r slash call of cthulhu and r slash delta green yeah subreddits i went to top all time and i read for like 10 pages on both of those yeah. just consuming as much content as I could to try to try to get more info on how to be good at this. But I texted you guys something uh, about your characters and Joe texted me back immediately. And then we literally started like role playing like a solo thing with his character over text message on my lunch break <laughs> to prepare for like the next session that was happening. Dope. Yeah. So sick. Yeah. Okay. You guys sexted. That's yeah. <laughs> good brag. <laughs> There's also a, a part of the question that says if a player didn't like a certain direction that the handler was taking their character down. Uh, I never felt that way, but I also always felt comfortable if I needed to to tell you that. I think you were yeah. receptive to anything we said. And I think there have been a couple moments where we're like, I, I don't, I I'm can't think of think anything of any. in particular, but it does feel like maybe we've done that. Yeah, I feel like at least before we recorded, there might have even been a couple times where just mid campaign, you might come up to me and be like, hey, I'm Irish now. I'm Irish now. <laughs> uh, meaning to talk more about it in character. If you could kind of prompt it uh, in the role playing. Like Joe said, that's my hope, obviously, is that you guys feel comfortable coming to me with with any uh concerns that you have there's nothing so sacred that i would feel like i couldn't say hey i don't know if this is what i want i hope you feel comfortable coming to me <laughs> zach lustily texted joe <laughs> luke and thomas read joe and zach's sex asmr style <laughs> that yeah that's the ultimate patreon goal yeah and then as far as like hot topics go, we've been friends 16. for a long time and we like, all know kind of, yeah, we know our boundaries, I think. Oh yeah. We also wouldn't be friends if we didn't have like the same general values and like, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I like respect you guys as people. Yeah. And I wouldn't and, and if part you of were going to like, like joke about stuff that I respect, wasn't comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. For sure. All people as people. Exactly. Which oh, is... Uh, it's a really, really basic concept. <laughs> it's like so idea. simple. It's just like really, really easy <laughs> and super cool to do. <laughs> Jacob pegging. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I Keep see where in. you're going for there. <laughs> Jacob Epping. Epping. Jacob Epping asked, lo uh, just says, love the show. Only actual play to really grab me and drag me down into the ooze and never let me go. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. Erotic. <laughs> yeah, that's great. If everyone had to pick a moment from the show, what would it be? Coolest, funniest, most memorable, or just most nuts? There's tons. Most recently, <laughs> the, <laughs> yeah, man. The, the Keith turn. I think the Keith turn had us that all was, like dying. It was incredible. That was nuts. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was so fucking insane. That was a really, that was a really good one. Uh, the death of Anne Love. I was I will gonna say, say that for me, for, me, is for like sure, really important. The way that that all went down it and the fight with John and Clark, like the roles just happened the way that told a fun story. Yeah, dude, I really loved the like robot fight we had. That was I was like, dude, this is this is sick. That was one of the most intense things I think, like as a player, that I felt like. Are you talking about in the house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where I was like, oh, we're gonna die. Like this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Totally. I don't know how to fight this robot. <laughs> uh, your guys's eyes, like each of your eyes, when I described the top half of that robot breaking off from the bottom half, like. 
probably like put another like plus five years of role playing for Zach. Like, yep. I'm chasing those eyes. <laughs> I saw the look in their eyes, and I've been chasing that feeling. And you gave sense. us a just an old man shitting himself the whole time too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the plan I had for Randy Angst. You guys were so aggressive about the guns with him. <laughs> that seems like so long ago. It was so long ago we did that. But yeah. that was, was dope. Thomas, is there like a moment from the season one of pretending to be people that when you think about the show, like reaches out to you as a particular moment? No, I'm way more into the later seasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, for, for you as a role player... I can think of two specifically. One, Martin Cupertino trying to convince the group that he was in the right about where to go when you guys were in the woods and looking for the door. <laughs> and you had a much lower skill in survival than the alternative, which was the archaeologist played by Joe. Whose name remember. was? I don't name. Either. I don't and uh, it was uh, not Anne Love, Angie, 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 which oh, that cracked me up when I was like, hey, I was can I say, name your wife Angela? And you're like, yeah, whatever, whatever you want to do. <laughs> and yeah. then I was like, ha ha ha, it's Anne Love, motherfucker, mommy fucker. If I remember right, did that that reveal happen off the podcast, didn't it? <laughs> To me, <laughs> oh, I think it might have. Yeah, I, I think it might have. I think I like ha- wasn't recording you when you put and two and two some together. Like, gloating three a.m. <laughs> By the way, idiot, idiot, <laughs> shouldn't have let me name your wife. Uh, and then the other one for Thomas is uh, when you decided that when you passed a sanity check in the Old West Ark, and you said, "No, I don't want to be sane," <laughs> and then just grabbed the head of the preacher chair. <laughs> Dr. Bobby Custard and started moving his mouth and talking through his head. That was another. Uh, Thanks. Uh, all, and then additionally, I'll, I'll throw up one more just because we're, we're on the topic and I'm thinking of it. When you threw Drew Andrews against the wall, when it was just me and you and you threatened his life. Oh, yeah. If he like was that over fucked you over on the cocaine deal, that was really intense. Uh, by the way, Drew, I was- just thought about what I would do to you, Zach, if you tried to <laughs> screw me out of our cocaine deal. <laughs> uh, Drew was not adamant, but he did throw out the idea up top of like, okay, so this much money split four ways, and Thomas was like. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Two ways, Drew. <laughs> Drew was definitely in my head like I thought I was going to be able to rope all of you into being the worst fucking cops. <laughs> uh, which you did on your own for the most part. Keith would have probably been in, but then when we found Fergie Beans, it might have just instantly gone to gunfire. Oh, that yeah. would have been that was that would that, really that cool. was the reveal that I was hoping for is the four of you out there for a drug deal and then Keith's fucking brother shows up with a van full of android kids. <laughs> At the same time, imagine the Keith that we know essentially the villain of this whole story. He's definitely the villain of this whole story. Getting a, like a million dollars and some change <laughs> to fund those dreams earlier than, you know, than he might have otherwise realized them. I don't think it's uh 
It wouldn't be prudent. It wouldn't be prudent. <laughs> to quote a relevant and popular sketch from a relevant and popular show. Uh, a highlight of Keith uh, was being Silas Cole. Yes, that was the super God fucking thing. fun. <laughs> his the orchestration of his brother's murder. Yeah, that was really fucking good. Um, your Wild West character your Wild West was also oh, was uh, fantastic. Ephraim Corland, and then the turn that Ephraim got to take where you got got first and then <laughs> oh, yeah. and then we're able to take them down is another key role playing moment that yeah. that was great <laughs> that actually is a, like i was like oh my fucking god i'm such a goddamn idiot i'm the dumbest man alive um, <laughs> man being a player is come on guys come hard. on in and look at this <laughs> like in D&D, you literally play the hero of the story, and you know that like the story is on your side. Right. In the In game Delta that Green, we're playing... You're not like, supposed to win. No. Like, anything you do... This is why DMs like it so much, because it's literally like, yeah, like maybe they'll win, but it's still going to let you get your sick little rocks off. Like, <laughs> That's why he brought, still kept get bringing to tell us back. Didn't really do it somehow. <laughs> It's like, I killed him. Yes. Oh, no. What have I done? <laughs> Post-kill clarity. Jesus. I got I to gotta bring him back. I got to bring him back. Load up the mausoleum. <laughs> so thank you all so much for listening through this first Q&A. We're going to do one more to finish out the rest of these questions that everybody asked. We, I think fucking we got through exactly half of them yeah hell we, yeah uh, we got through exactly half and we'll come back with justin next week to answer the the remaining questions that you all have and thank you thanks for listening thank you thank you thank you if you've listened this far whoa whoa <laughs> yeah whoa and also Big uh, do tune in next week with the exciting conclusion of the, the question zach was gonna ask us oh yeah, oh, yeah. i have oh, yeah. We teased it oh, we teased it by the way i've been meaning to ask you guys Blanny, nee, 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 shoo, boopy, doop.